0: This is 128 Bits, a podcast about the most influential period of video games, what is known as the sixth generation, the Dreamcast, PS2, GameCube, and Xbox era. And for these last few episodes, and for this episode, we've been doing something special here on 128 Bits. So usually we talk about one standout game from the generation and go in depth about its backgrounds, what our favorite and least favorite part is, and what we think it would look like today. But today, and for the last couple of episodes, instead, we thought a great way to highlight how great this generation is was to hold an auction draft. Uh, but before I get into the rules, let's get uh, let's welcome the other hosts for this episode. Of course, it's Adrian and Joseph. So, Adrian, how are you?
1: Doing all right. Excited to finally do the year
2: uh, that the whole this whole idea started around. <laughs> yeah, two thousand one.
0: Joseph, how
1: are
2: you? I'm doing good. I've been bumping Smart Bomb for at least a week now.
0: (laughs) So here's what we're going to do. Our goal is to curate the best five-game experience across all 128-bit consoles for a given year. So we define that however we want to. And if you've listened to the past episodes, uh, we've we've had very different definitions of what <laughs> a good five-game collection is. But that's the fun of this. Uh, the format is an auction draft, uh, meaning that whoever turn it is gets to pick a game and have a starting bid. Then the other two can uh, bid on it. And at the end of a minute timer, whoever has the highest bid keeps the game on their roster. We all have 1,000 bits to wager. And once the bidding starts, it's one minute per round. So... Uh, That's it. That's clear. Uh, But before we get onto the auction, let's talk a little bit about 2001 itself. Um, Overall, uh, a a good year, I guess. Uh, It was a year that Shrek was released. So that in and of itself... um, kind of makes up for almost everything else that happened in the year. Um, because 2001, I think the biggest thing and the biggest excuse that I still use for any sort of bad behavior is 9-11 happened in 2001 and kind of ruined everything else. But uh, Microsoft XP also launched, which is a good thing. Uh, the Apple Store also launched. Uh, Wikipedia launched. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, What else happened that year? Um, The first time, Adrian, I know this was uh, important for you. It was the first time that the Victoria's Secret fashion show was
1: televised. Uh, Oh, yeah. I I have it on VHS, (laughs) that as well as the WrestleMania of that year.
0: (laughs) Uh, And, of course, the merger of AOL and Warner Bros. happened, which kind of indirectly uh, led us to HBO Max today. Um, And, uh, yeah. But I think the big news was, you know, Nine eleven. Uh music wise, this was like the peak of the piracy era. So Napster was sued in uh two thousand and one, which kind of saw the the decline of that and the death of Aaliyah happened in two thousand and one. So yeah, fond, fond memories of two thousand and one. Uh Adrian, Adrian or I Joe your,
2: I did take your bait. Uh the WrestleMania card featured Stone Cold versus The Rock um uh, the main Ooh. event that year. See, I, yeah, I probably, I, I definitely wasn't lying about that. <laughs> no DQ match, so yeah, I'm pretty sure you have that one.
0: <laughs> yeah, great WrestleMania. What do you guys have any fond memories of? Two thousand and one.
2: This is going into high school.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's freshman year, so yeah. big.
2: Uh, I guess I wouldn't say fond memories, but <laughs> memories. <laughs> memories, important memories. memories. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it, it was. All oh, good uh, dude, this is the WrestleMania that has. The TLC match. Oh, this is the Edge maker match.
0: Wait, I thought Hell in the oh no, Hell in the Cell is
2: Mankind and Undertaker. Yeah, no, right? TLC is the one where Edge speared uh, Jeff off of the ladder. Oh yeah, okay, yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen that. When game. were the Dudleys?
2: That was <laughs> the same come? match. It, they were okay, all three so, in that match. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so that was two thousand and one. But more importantly, two thousand and one saw the release of. The Xbox and the GameCube so it finally rounded out all 128-bit consoles and uh, this auction should be pretty interesting so I did a randomized order before the show and here is how we're going to draft I will go first then Joe then Adrian so finally I think this, this is the first one where I have the number one pick so
1: I think you guys already know where this is going. I hope you don't get high heat in Major League Baseball 2002.
0: <laughs> well, we, you know, it would follow the trend of baseball going number one. Hey. But no, I'm going to go a different route. And this is a game that was, I would say, a surprise. A surprise to many, except for those that had been following it for a while. Um it comes from a well-established genre, um, but it, it, it's, it's just, yeah, I think the, word, the one word to describe it is surprise. So with my first pick and the number one overall pick for the year of 2001, I will go with Halo Combat Evolved for the Xbox, and I will start the bidding at 250 bits.
1: see how what how things are, are about to start um hey halo's an important game you
0: can't yeah, tell me it's yeah done. absolutely
1: absolutely uh 300 i'm surprised you didn't go with Azuric rise of parathia
2: per- <laughs> star wars bombad racers
1: 300
0: joe you gonna get in on this
2: uh, i really want to but you kind of are making me play my biggest threat here. And this is, if I don't get frequency, I have 997 bits that will go to either this <laughs> or the other game that you really want, Rod. So <laughs> I think I'm going to say, you can't have Halo for 300, 320. 320. And then that's my only bid. I'm going to say 400.
0: Come on. 450. <laughs> I'm going to say 475.
1: Wow. Is is Adrian not gonna get Halo? I know.
0: (laughs) It's it's Halo Combat Evolved, man. Combat evolved. Let me look at my
1: rest of the list. See if I can You got
0: you got forty five seconds.
2: Oh boy. Looking at my list, I probably do not have a lot of overlap of yours, I can tell you that. (laughs) You got 35 seconds. That is the one Xbox game I would have made a
1: play for. You're a how much? Four seventy five. Four seventy five. I'll do five. Let's see what happens. Five hundred.
0: Whoo! <laughs> five hundred. That's half. Uh, I I cannot in good conscience go any higher than five hundred for Halo. But uh, I'm I'm happy you got it, Agent. So tell us a little bit about Halo.
1: I think this was designed to bid me up, but that's fine. That's <laughs> fine. <laughs> uh,
2: Rod's listening uh, back to tape and he's, he's getting strategies. Yeah,
1: so uh, what Rod said was, was right. Um, a surprise, right? Like, this is a game that was being made for the Macintosh. Ugh. Third person, rather generic uh, kind of art style. And then Microsoft and the boys at the Xbox division needed a game. So they quickly acquired them and within a year, they had essentially put the game together and everything that we know now from the music to the combat flow was essentially out of like desperation. Hmm. Uh, everything was the last minute and that is an incredible story. Uh, the game was supposed to be uh, getting a, like a more attractive rating on it and then 9-11 happened. So the ESRB, do you ever recall that the ESRB took like a harder look at like content in games? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but this is also like the birth of the a new kind of culture in console gaming and that's like the LAN party. Yeah. Where before like four-player split screen, that's that, that was well known, but connecting other consoles to each other through some kind of like an Ethernet hub on a LAN created a different vibe. Uh, and it, it created this, a, a new communal uh, experience that for a, a teenager that I was, was mm-hmm. completely new. And it, it was, it was awesome. So from the control scheme to the narrative, to the music, That's it nice. was a complete game changer, but also but the the way it changed the way that I and other people like me interacted with others uh, changed how I view games. Yeah.
0: You know, I never played at this time, like around this time I didn't play the single player. My first experience with Halo was multiplayer and I just remember how like easy it was to control and, just how intuitive it was it just like it, it felt really good um as opposed to like other um like i i, I came from playing quake 3 on the dreamcast right <laughs> uh to playing halo on on the xbox and it just felt like it was like like it worked like everything worked everything was intuitive everything was yeah i mean solid. the dreamcast
1: didn't have a right thumbstick. Yeah. you had to like go forward and back and strafe on yeah. the uh on, on the, the D pad yeah. or like oh no on the face buttons right yeah on
0: the face button you would go up and down
1: yeah that's yeah. wild
0: <laughs> so yeah i remember that as like like as much as i wanted to hate on halo i couldn't because it was a lot of fun and i remember having having a LAN party at our friend jacob's house with two tvs four players on each tv uh like back to back where we were playing each other and just it being an absolute blast so yeah, there was a little bit of, of me wanting to price you out of, of uh the rest of the games, but also I kinda of wanted Halo because it's it's a really good game and it's I, I don't think you can tell the story of video games without Halo. It's just that. that
1: yeah, and played. and you said this on the other one twenty eight bits episode. There would be no Xbox brand. Yeah. If there was no Halo. Big time.
0: Yeah. Thanks thanks to the Master Chief and Cortana for uh that Xbox Game Studios, which allows me to play Forza 5 uh, for 10 bucks a month. So thank you, Master Chief.
2: <laughs> shout, out to, yeah, shout out to the Master Chief for that. If Martin O'Donnell did that score in three days, it still just blows my mind. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it amazing.
0: Probably has done the most for Gregorian chants than uh, any other work <laughs> of modern media has.
2: Yeah, since they came.
0: All right. So Adrian stole Halo Combat Evolved from me, uh, but I'm okay with it. Joe, what is your first pick?
2: Um... So it'll never be recognized as such, but it is the real precursor to a genre of games that took over the industry um, and really helped catapult it to, to the as big as it is. Frequency uh, starting bid at two. Oh man, I have frequency on my
0: list, and uh, I uh, I can't in good conscience go higher than two hundred because I had it at two hundred. Oh, it is a really cool game. Adrian, are you gonna get in on this? You want you want to accompany
1: It's not on my list, so our <laughs> I, res- I-, I respect it.
0: All right, Joe, Frequency is yours. Tell us about it.
2: Yeah, I mean this is just the one game that um from the genre that I knew that I was better than everybody at. <laughs> uh, it's a game when I was like expanding my techno knowledge. So like Adrian was talking about on our Guitar Hero, like this really influenced a lot of what I was listening to then. Um, the track list is really good. It's objectively better because it's less mainstream than amplitude. Um, but like we talked about with that one too, just the flow state you can achieve while still being like creative while doing remixes in this. Um, you don't have to really play the same song twice ever. So it gives you replayability. Watching the footage back, I was just reminded of like a bunch of stuff that I loved about this game. Different like runs that I would do in certain songs, uh, the little freak icons that I love. Like I just put so much time into this game. It's such a fun uh, experience.
0: I don't know, man. Amplitude had POD, so no frequency was really cool, and it was um, it's the proto guitar hero, right? It's, yeah. it's it, it was just a really cool game that doesn't exist in previous consoles because of of the uh, like how DVD media allowed you to have a deeper like sound library that uh, than even CDs right Um, at a decent enough bit rate so that it sounds good when it's being played as opposed to like on the PlayStation which yeah you you could have music and stuff but the like it it was at a good enough quality that you know it was enjoyable uh, when especially when paired with the type of visuals that it was so I really enjoyed Frequency too, I just I, I just didn't value it as much as you did. But, uh, yeah, good for you,
2: Joe. <laughs> or you felt valued it as much as I did. Yeah.
0: I mean, I got Amplitude, which, like I said, has POD. So uh, I'm okay with that one. <laughs> All right. Uh, Adrian, it's time for your first pick, but your second game. And you only have 500 bits. So go ahead.
1: Yeah. So try to create uh, a representative list of where games were and where games will then be for the next 21 years so while i never really grew up with this uh with the ip specifically so i don't really have the fondness that other people do but i just you gotta tip your hat and uh and you gotta respect it and while I disagree sometimes with it being included in the pantheon of uh other all-time greats at Evo. Uh it's its appeal is regardless, like uh unavoidable. So I'm gonna have to go with Smash Brothers melee. What?
0: Okay, what's your opening bid? Let's do two
2: fifty.
0: I want to go at three hundred immediately. It's Smash Brothers,
1: the definitive Smash Brothers. Yeah.
0: Three seventy five. Three seventy five. How is Adrian gonna have Halo and Smash Brothers? <laughs> that seems illegal <laughs>
2: experiences yeah this seems illegal for a if we have that he's winning this for sure <laughs> uh, the, oh no you Are can have bomb bad racers high heat and whatever wwe game, game game came out and he will win this game after those two oh, i
0: can no i can't i can't go higher joe uh, yeah. Yo, you you can rescue this you have 800 bits you got your golden goose no. <laughs> I got, I got All right, it is yours for 375. I cannot believe you've done this.
1: Yeah.
0: But yeah, go ahead and uh, I it, mean, it,
1: what's to say? <laughs> um, uh, it, Smash Brother Melee is if anything like indicative of the overall strategy of of Nintendo um in in their entire existence of, uh, of utilizing their existing slate of IP to, uh, to exhibit new kind of forms of gameplay. So that kind of style, you see it in their tennis games and their soccer games in, uh, in their party games The cart racing games, and now in the fighting game, it's always they take like a genre, and instead of creating characters whole cloth, they say we are the freaking Disney of of gaming. We we have our Mickey Mouse. Let's let's go ahead and fill this roster in, and it really this is this is the one that is fondly seen by the community a lot, and this is it is the. It's the the one that all the other subsequent ones are compared to. Yeah. Even though the, the newest one might be that new standard bear. But regardless, like the 2001 Melee version is the that's the the warm bowl of soup that <laughs> ga- GameCube players would always like go to. Like, ah, uh, we, we lost Resident Evil four, but that's fine. Yeah. We have Smash Brothers. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think that I think you nailed it in that part because Smash Brothers was so important for the for the GameCube that in its last gasp of air to try and move GameCube units, Nintendo bundled the game with a GameCube in two thousand and five, and you could get a GameCube and Smash Brothers for a hundred bucks, which is just like uh, that. That just shows how important it was. A game that was released. Like a month after it launched, is like the game that they choose to bundle with it, with the console, and like to give it a last gasp of air. It's, it was a super important title for the GameCube, and one that was always shown as like, yeah, but we got Smash Brothers, like you said. Yeah,
1: and and ostensibly worth four hundred (laughs) bits. Yes. Oh man,
0: this is not going the way I anticipated. (laughs) Uh, but all right, Smash Brothers is off the table. So that's round one. Um, after one round, I have no games. <laughs> Joe has <laughs> frequency. Adrian has Halo Combat Evolved and Smash Super Smash Brothers Melee. Um, I have one thousand bits. Joe has eight hundred, and Adrian has a paltry one twenty-five bits. <laughs> All right, so second round, uh, I think I, I gotta start, I gotta start going for my actual treasures here, and um, this game was uh, very, very important to me. It made me feel like I was in the future for the first time, um, like, yeah, the, the, when, the, when I played this game, I was like, oh, snap, this is the future that I saw in movies growing up or whatever. Uh, it is a simple game but still it it did it did very complicated things in a very elegant way that no other console in this generation really could do until later later on it was a game ahead of its time in that way i'm referring to the first console online mmorpg Mm -hmm. fantasy star online for the dreamcast and i will start the bidding at 300 bits Three hundred for Fantasy Star Online version one, released in January two thousand one on the Dreamcast.
1: What was your Sega Net name?
0: It was uh, it, Chief Drummer one one one.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Joe, you going to get in on this. Nah, I already have it in one draft. I don't need to to do it in on this one. Nice,
0: PSO is mine for three hundred. Um, yeah. So, like I said, this was. Way ahead of its time, because keep in mind, this was all being played on dial-up internet, which of the other three consoles, the Xbox came with an ethernet port, but both the GameCube and the PS2 had network adapters. And the Dreamcast came with an integrated dial-up port. Not only that, but Sega was its own ISP in Japan. Uh, So they were really, really pushing for online gaming And Fantasy Star Online nailed it. I remember there was like hardly any lag. Um, Environments were lush. They would load quickly. Communication was all through like in-game typing, Um, which by the way, the Dreamcast had a uh, keyboard that you could like plug into a controller port and type Uh out. uh Or you could just go like, you know, T9 style. On the controller, they didn't um,
2: have that cool controller that the GameCube had. With no. the in
0: between it, <laughs> with the keyboard between the the two edges <laughs> of the controller. No, they just had a full keyboard. Um, but what something that was really cool is that the game would auto translate phrases, so you could play with somebody from Japan, and they were sending out typing in Japanese, and it would translate to English. So that was super cool. Um, and yeah, it was just like I said, it was online on dial up for free in the United States. And it was smoothless. I mean, it was smooth. It was it was relatively hiccupless. I remember fond memories of coordinating with people like on forums on the computer like, let's go play, meet at this server at this time, kind of seeing them there. And uh yeah, Fantasy Star Online was a grind, but it was a very rewarding grind. Um so yeah, it is just a overall great experience. And I don't think I can't think of any one, like any other of these consoles having an MMORPG that was as successful as Fantasy Star Online was. There was EverQuest on the PS2, but I don't think that was yeah, ever as good. That. The one that compares to it is World of Warcraft. That, that was on PC and much, much larger. Um, so yeah, I, can you guys think of another online RPG that was as good as Fantasy Star Online in this I era? Mean,
2: as good the one on the gamecube but um yeah. it was the same game
0: yeah and i think the the user base was smaller on the game yeah it
2: definitely was it wasn't as big as what, as what i was gonna say yeah
0: overall a really cool game it's still alive not the, the not, yeah not the dreamcast one but it's still alive uh so that shows to the staying power of this ip i wish it would come back but even if it does i don't think you can capture that moment of just being able to go online on your console it was just kind of mind blowing and how smooth it all was and uh this is one of the this game encapsulates so many of the things that Sega used to do that i don't feel is done in video games anymore like yeah just the fact that Sega put in a, a like a dial up browser and became an ISP because they wanted people to play online and it was free that was super cool and i don't i don't see anyone else doing that kind of stuff so yeah super cool game for me Joe, what is your second pick?
2: I'm going to rod you here to try and get the rest of my
0: Don't you picks dare that I want. do this to me. <laughs>
2: uh Yeah, I mean you you kicked off the draft doing this, so why not? Ace combat for
1: 300 violence (laughs) resorted to violence for how much
0: 350. I'm gonna go 500.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh man,
0: I cannot, I cannot, I had to go scorched earth on this. (laughs) (laughs) Ace Combat 04, officially Ace Combat 04, even though it was released in 2001, is arguably the best Ace Combat ever released. Uh, it came out really early on in the ps2 and nothing was more responsible for me lusting after a ps2 than ace combat uh 4 was it was the best selling ace combat ever up until ace combat 7 was released in 2021 it shipped over 2.8 million copies worldwide it was like star it's what star wars rogue squadron was supposed to be it was just huge and epic and amazing music and it made you feel like a hero and it had brilliant graphics and super cool missions and there was a trench run and super weapons that you're taking down and you're you like nothing makes you feel like a superhuman hero more so than ace combat and this is arguably the finest interpretation of This is like Ace Combat in its purest form. So I could not let you.
2: (laughs) Is this the most popular 128 bits episode?
0: Yes, the Reuter- I don't <laughs> like, know how. By far, no. By far, it has. <laughs> yeah. the, it's the most. It has the most listens.
2: Damn, it's... I should have probably fought harder for it so that I could get the votes.
1: <laughs> Your uh, the soe for that episode it crosses over with like the Ghost of Kiev. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's probably what's happening. Uh, yeah. But no,
0: like you know, the essentially Ace Combat is like you do the stuff that the Ghost of Kiev does and stuff like that. So it's just. I know it's a weird genre, especially from the outside. But once you give it a shot, it, it's it's like really good storytelling. The thing that I like the most about this one is it has like its story mode is told from a journalist that is recounting his childhood in the war that you're playing in. Um, so in between missions, it cuts into these cutscenes of a journalist, you know, like thirty years from when you're playing, retelling the story. Of you from his eyes and his uh, the eyes of your greatest rival, so it's it's and, just brilliantly told and
2: and those cutscenes aren't dated because they're all told in like stills. Yeah, like,
0: they're yeah. anime stills, which yeah. is. Just,
2: this is the one that you got me to buy in on Ace Con. Like uh, we have a few friends <laughs> that still give you crap on it, but when you, when we did the this episode, I was like, all right, I get it.
0: Yeah, it's it's
2: honestly a really cool
0: friend, and I mean it's it's. It's still around, so you can tell that it's like um, there's something there uh, because it's just a really solid game. And this just this was just Project Aces, which is a development team within Namco that did this just flexing incredibly hard. And and after um, Ace Combat Four, they kind of became like a standalone production studio that just does Ace Combat. So that that just shows you how seriously they take it and how good they are at it. And it's one of the best games ever made, so I don't care how much I paid. <laughs> Sweet Adrian, what is your third <clears throat> your second pick, third game?
1: I'm gonna go ahead and uh, do the follow-up to a game that kind of revolutionized how I thought games can be. Mm-hmm. Um, the first game I played the whole way through. Uh, without a memory card, my my folks got us a PlayStation, uh, but didn't get a memory card because why would they? <laughs> uh, so for about a year and a half, I had to play games, uh, that if you died, <laughs> that's it. No, it was my Demon own Souls. self, <laughs> Childhood was yeah, it was Souls. Dark Souls basically. <laughs> just, um, and I have fond memories of playing the first one like that. So when I I replayed this not when it came out but uh much later but the, the 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 vision that this studio and this creative had for it is is undeniable and the fervor for this game was on tilt like it was uh, incredible to see online and on uh in magazines and that's Metal Gear Solid Two: Sons of Liberty, uh, the follow-up to Metal Gear Solid, where Kojima essentially predicts the the war of it with of information that happened with the 2016 uh, and 2020 uh, election, and it it's pretty wild to see how um, the community actually reacted to the to the head fakes within metal gear two mm-hmm. um he tried to have a new protagonist essentially uh i'm, I'm reminded of uh, mean girls where one a character tries to <laughs> make fetch happen like you're not could you, you're not making right and happen yeah. uh, but the move of it regardless was uh, a pretty ballsy and and tour thing. Like imagine buying God of War two and a, two hours later realizing you play as someone way different. Mm. Uh, so I'm gonna go ahead and I don't know if this is, this is on your list. And if it is stolen, then that's fine. <laughs> um, so I'll go with uh, fifty bits.
0: Adrian, it was not on my list, but I don't know how it's not on my list. <laughs> like, as soon as you said it, I was like, wait, what? I missed this game somehow? Um, you have 125. I will bump you up to 100.
1: Well, Rod, I'm glad Metal Gear Solid 2 has a home. <laughs> uh okay
0: i i i take it gladly uh so metal gear From solid no games two. to three. Oh, wait adrian
2: uh, joe are you are you in on this no no i was surprised that it didn't come up on my list as well but i wasn't that big enough
0: yeah so this was kojima kind of showing us who he is right for the first time um <laughs> uh, i think at this point the technology allowed him to kind of mm-hmm. create the game's mm-hmm that he always envisioned Kojima's like an incredibly cinematic person and you could see that in Metal Gear Solid 1 on the PlayStation but it just didn't work because the graphics
1: weren't there yeah it's, it's a, Metal Gear 1 is very impressionistic like yeah, i guess yeah. those are eyes let's go yeah. let's assume those are eyes
0: <laughs> yeah but Metal Gear Solid 2 and then um it just nails it because the visuals allow him to be able to tell the story in the style that he wants to say. And if there's one thing that Kojima is, it's stylistic more so than anything else. Um, But the codec conversations were also like hours, countless hours of them in there about the weirdest things. And it's just the concepts that allow you to go online and just talk about stuff forever, Um, right? And uh, I remember the big thing with this game was that there was a demo packaged with Zone of the Enders, Mm -hmm. um, and the demo only featured Solid Snake. And so Zone of the Enders sold because of that demo. (laughs) And people thought they were getting one game, and then when it released and he does the fake out to Raiden, it's just like, who does that? Well, Kojima does that. And I think that's ultimately the theme of Kojima going forward. Like, who does that? Well, Kojima does. Like, who makes a game when you're an Amazon logistics delivery person in a poisonous world of demons or whatever? Kojima does,
1: right? And he predicted COVID, like, basically. like <laughs>
0: Yeah, we're all isolated and have yeah. no contact with each other. Um, you know, the other thing that's interesting about Metal Gear Solid 2 is that it's set, I think it's set in, like, the real-life timeline of, like, 2007, right Mm
1: -hmm.
0: so yeah you predicted a lot of stuff accurately (laughs) in terms of how the media plays our mind and stuff like that so yeah i played this game later when i got a ps2 later on with a memory card um but yeah i was just like (laughs) i was just like oh this is this is really good uh that being said though twin snakes is the better game (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> All right. That is the end of round two. And w- what a difference a round makes. I went from having no games to having three. <laughs> I literally took every game this
2: round. <laughs>
0: <Yep>. <laughs> <laughs> and now find myself with only 100 bits, but I have Fantasy Star Online, Ace Combat 4, and Metal Gear Solid 2. Joseph has 800 bits and he has frequency And Adrian has 125 bits and he has Halo Combat Evolved and Super Smash Brothers Melee. All right. So, um, I'm going to start, I'm going to start the bidding here for round, my round three, my fourth game. So this is my penultimate game. Uh, I guess kind of following in the theme of, of auteurs, so to speak. Um, I've mentioned before that there's a couple of people that I have Google alerts for, um, Tetsuya Mizuguchi is one of them, the the guy that made Rez. I know what you're doing. Keita Takahashi is another one. He's the guy that made Katamari Damacy, uh, which, by the way, I slipped into his DMs last night, only to find that I had slipped into his DMs last year (laughs) at around the same time. Um, But anyway, uh, yeah, this game is by another one of these types of individuals and something that is also kind of, I guess, prevalent or that's kind of coming forth in this era is the rise of the atour game designer, game developer, lead designer, whatever it may be, like the rise of the individual voice. Um, because as game industry matures and ages, it comes to the point where these voices can happen. Uh, and it's not just, you know, Miyamoto or Yuji Naka, like made Sonic, like it, it doesn't have to be franchise building things it can be more of like indie type games um so i'll just get to it the game that i am uh, drafting is eco mm-hmm. for the ps2 with the lead designer fumito ueda um so i'm gonna start the bidding at 50 bits <laughs> i will go 75 bits
2: how many do i have
0: you have 800 (laughs) uh
2: 100
0: oh that's all i got i can't do it oh 100 bits adrian are you you gonna yeah i'm I'm
1: boxed out as well
0: you got 125 you can go yeah but i have
1: have three games
0: (laughs) all right it is yours joe for 100 bits so tell us a little bit about eco
2: yeah, I mean you could probably you've spoke to it a lot more than I have already and probably will, but I just really liked playing it. I mean, it was the I actually went back and played this one after Shadow of the Colossus. Um first when this one came out originally, it just wasn't something that I thought I'd be into. And then I played Shadow of the Colossus and I was like, Okay, I love this creator's game. So mm-hmm. then I went back and yeah, like just the experience of it. Um just the way he makes his games are so enthralling and I love the worlds that he that he builds and playing in them.
0: Yeah, there's something deeply emotional about his games. There's like lonely loneliness, loneliness plays a big part of it. Vulnerability plays a big part in in, in just how his games feel. And yeah, Eco was kind of like came out of nowhere. One thing that I remember about it a lot is the ad campaign that they had on video game magazines. Uh, where it was literally just like a big maze that you kind of like had to draw your way out of and you couldn't, uh, because that's what the game is. The game is you're trying to guide a, a, a woman out of a castle and you're a small kid who has like okay. one weapon and that's it. And there's all of these ghosts chasing her and you can't communicate with her. And it's incredibly frustrating, but it's super unique. And it's it's just a fantastic game. And yeah, he would go on to create Shadow of the Colossus, which is another great game. And then kind of uh, didn't do so good with the last Guardian, but it's okay.
2: <laughs> I still haven't played it. It's
0: it's all right. It's not yeah. It's not as good as these two, but yeah.
2: well, I like anyway. looking at pictures of it and not playing it, and not having a bad <laughs> experience. <laughs> well,
0: I'm glad you have it, uh, Joe, because I would have made my penultimate game, so I get to play a little bit more. So, but what is your uh, third pick?
2: Um as the EA bigophile here no, I would be no. remiss if I did not get arguably their best game um SSX Tricky and I will start bidding at
1: 100
0: Damn it <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's another box out Oh uh, yeah all right all right Joe <laughs> yeah, it's, yours it's yours for one. Like picture that I did <laughs> The thing is, is, he has four games now so like
2: no he has geez. three yeah oh oh okay yeah all yeah. right <laughs> <laughs> all right
0: joe tell us about tricky
2: yeah i mean i loved it we talked about it when we brought up three because it's not as good admittedly even though it is one of my picks uh this one just has like the better gameplay the better soundtrack it's super fun i played it on gamecube um I like the, like the rival system that I think came out in this one. I don't think it was in SSX where you're on world tour and you actually have other people that you go against. Just like yeah. the style of this game and really all the EA big games as I have drafted most of them in these drafts. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's just other games that I just loved during this this generation.
0: Yeah, so I don't... Was SSX, the first one, officially part of EA big? I think, I think it was just EA... Was it? I think so, but I think with SSX Tricky is when the EA Big Banner was officially born, and it's like the perfect flagship title for it, because it took what SSX was and just kind of made it more colorful, made it more explosive, made it cooler, made it edgier. The character design was less grounded in reality and more so in like stylistic cartoon
1: type stuff. Yeah, the the whole big brand is just definitely... Uh, An ivy of Mountain Dew straight (laughs) into the veins. Yeah, yeah, and it worked. It's super
0: cool. Like I I still remember the remix to It's tricky uh, as the like pre-title thing, and I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna like this game." I already know I'm gonna like this game. Uh, And it was, I think it's the best SSX game made, and it it it's it launched the platform, and it is just super cool. I wish EA still made games like this instead of just making battlefields that no one wants to play. Uh, But I don't know if we'll ever get that again. (laughs) So, cool. Adrian, what is your third pick?
1: You got 125 bits. Yeah. I'm going to have to squeak some of these by. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and do a, a game that changed game oh, see the format for this usually is we, you talk about it in generalities and you hype it up and then you hype everybody else up and then they just uh, they like you know what you, that is a good point it did start a whole lot of stuff I'm gonna outbid you so I'm just gonna say QTA uh, 75 it's 125 damn it <laughs> it didn't work <laughs> wow
0: wow i mean i can't get in here it's already over me <laughs> so it's yours
2: joe <laughs> so, my so now, now he has four now, now
0: he, has, he four.
2: has four uh yeah i mean Agent couldn't pop it up, but yeah, it's the game that launched all these games. They're still going off of it. Uh, this is—I did play Vice City more. I said, but I in the last episode. But I believe this is the one that I got the far—the the actual farthest in in the story. Um, and then I even replayed the story whenever we did the, our episode for it. So yeah, it's just fun. It's like the mobster movie that I really never even got into as a kid. So this is like my biggest exposure to it. Mm. Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, I remember the first time I blew up a car in this game, <laughs> and I was just like, Wait, you can do this? <laughs> like That was my ultimate takeaway. Was like, this you can...
2: your first GTA game? Yeah, I did okay. not play any
0: of the top-down GTAs.
2: I did, and so like, I our mutual friend Jacob also, uh, he was a bad influence on us, I guess. Yes, he was. <laughs> <laughs> he had told me about those other ones in uh, elementary school, and then I got my uncle to buy them and was blowing up cars and killing a bunch of people in those, too.
0: Yeah, I just remember I still remember the color of the car. It was like a light blue car that I just blew up. And I remember feeling like, what? What what is this game? Like it's just like I I can't believe I could do that. And uh it's a feeling that that uh I don't think I got again in the game until I got until I played San Andreas, which is the game that I took, just because of how much bigger it was. But yeah, GTA three came out of nowhere, right? Like DMA design at this point wasn't a big thing rockstar
1: make, making lemmings
0: yeah rockstar yeah. was known for like the smugglers run series and then yeah. grand theft auto 3 comes out and it becomes a controversial game like not only a great game but a controversial game that gets people talking about video games in the way that like only mortal kombat had before right where it's just yeah. like it's perverting our youth and and yeah, like, moral oh, panic yeah, yeah court cases everywhere um at this point it wasn't tipper gore but it was what's his name the name of that lawyer oh right jack Uh, thompson was it jack thompson yes i think so yeah making a big deal out of it and and it was just it it transcended video game culture into general pop culture
2: yeah i had Um, to read grand theft childhood so i feel like it's appropriate that i get this
0: (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah i mean the last time I played Grand Theft Auto 3 was on a Samsung Galaxy tab and it was a horrible port. So that kind of tainted my memory of it, but there's no denying that this game was foundational. And and yeah, the whole open world thing yeah, stands on, on the shoulders huge. of this. Open world chaos, more so than medieval open world or yeah, whatever the Bethesda style of open world is. Um, and now Take-Two Interactive is what? The fourth biggest video game company out there? Yeah. And it's all because of Grand Theft Auto (laughs) 3. You can trace it all back to here. Um, So, sweet. All right. That is the end of three rounds. And now Joseph has four games. (laughs) I have three games. And Adrian has two games. Uh, And Joseph still has the most money with 475 bits. (laughs) Uh, But, all right. Let's go into the fourth round. So, the penultimate round uh and let's see the games are all the ones i wanted are mostly gone
1: yeah the uh, same the the next three on my list all have strike throughs now
0: mm. okay
1: okay okay i've okay.
2: got all the ones to the top of my list except for the next one that i'm going to get
0: so this was a genre that was very popular in generations past and I would say that in this generation is when it kind of died, but even though it's still around today, it's super, super, super niche. It's like the niches of the niche now, but this is the last game that I feel could have saved this genre. And it was, it was was just like a, a surprise hit title, at least for me. Um, I'm referring of course to Guilty Gear X. And I will start the bidding at 20 bits for Guilty Gear
2: X. Not the bouncer? Not the bouncer. (laughs) Square Soft's the bouncer. Um, Guilty Gear X is on my list, but it's not. Since I only have one last game, I won't outbid you for it.
0: Adrian, you want it on Guilty
2: Gear X? No. All right. Guilty Gear X is on my list because of you, actually, (laughs) so go
0: ahead. Yeah, so Guilty Gear X was the, it's a fighting game released by uh, Sammy Studios, which later would go on to merge with Sega Studios. Um, but it is, it's a 2D fighter in the vein of Street Fighter Alpha, in the vein of King of Fighters. And it's kind of carried that torch from the Marvel versus Capcom days to Guilty Gear X. The sprites are not sprites. They're like super high quality drawings and the flow of it is incredible this it's based on like 1980s rock all of the characters are um it's just a highly stylized super polished really tight combat like fighting game that did not translate well to online and I think that's the thing that these fighting games couldn't do at this time which is go online which is what was happening now Uh, as local multiplayer died so did fighting games but the swan song of the, or the great one was um, Guilty Gear X. And I think the, the one thing that um, like the one game that came close to it, kind of recapturing it was Capcom versus SNK, which was just like trying to get all the old people that played video games to give like to, that played old fighting games to play fighting games again. And it didn't work. But uh, yeah, Guilty Gear X was super important. In fact, it was so important to me. That sole bad guy was my avatar on the Penny Arcade forums for my the extent of my time there. So that, that just shows you how influential it was. It was my avatar. So, yeah.
2: <laughs> cool. Joe, what is your final pick? So you got your probably your game of this draft for 500. Adrian got his for around the same. I don't have 500 left, but I'll go all in on my game of this draft that I left... Down here until now, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3. Uh, so what, 400 I have left? Yeah, 475. Four, let's just say 400. I'll keep myself 75. All right. So we can't get in here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, we talked about the greatness that was Tony Hawk Pro Skater 4. And while that may have been like the pinnacle of the actual series, this one is probably my personal favorite. Um. This, this one just has one of the stronger soundtracks of it like this is the one where they introduced manuals, so it was a whole different thing to the game where you can now be your all these Rodney Mullen uh, videos that you've been playing and Darth Maul was the secret character just being the little cherry on top like making it the perfect Joseph Sunday that was this game
0: yeah this is probably the last Tony Hawk's Pro Skater I played and uh I gotta be honest with you I did not like the transition from PlayStation to PlayStation 2, something about it just felt off for me. Hmm. Uh, and that's why I never picked up Pro Skater 4. I, I played Underground, but even Underground felt different. So to me, in my mind, this felt like a great breach of trust or something like like you did something, you changed, man, or something like that. And I, I couldn't really get into it. But uh, no, no, I understand its greatness. Uh, granted, I didn't play it that much, but still. Adrian, any takes on Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3?
1: Uh, I really liked it. They introduced um, a particular move. I I can't recall what it was, but when you're on a um, half pipe to chain, when you come down, you do an input that chains whatever you did. Yeah. Yeah, Um, And that allowed for even crazier uh, combos. Yeah. Uh, to happen. And it, it's one of those things where you see screenshots or you go to a friend and you see their score and you just, you don't know how it happened. <laughs> like, I don't know how that's
2: possible. Yeah. You can go online and see just crazy stuff. I believe this one added it later.
0: Yeah. All right, Joe, that closes you out. Um, so we went from the, the player with the most games to the one with the least Adrian, you only have two titles. You have 125 bits left, so what is your next pick?
1: Oh, man. This is uh, slim pickings for me on my list. Um, But I still think there's some stuff in here to round things out. Uh, So I'm going to be... And you only have one game left, right?
0: Yeah, I only have one. Okay.
1: I'll do... DMC
0: for 75. Yeah, that's yours. Tell us a little bit about Capcom's Devil May Cry.
1: Yeah, so Capcom, um, I think they were in a little bit in a transitionary. Um, position here. They they knocked it out of the park and really exploited the Resident Evil series in the PS1 era uh, going into the PS2 and uh, they had room f- and capital to launch a new IP. So uh, they went as edged lord as they could. <laughs> um, but focused on Uh, action combat and the flow of gameplay of um, where a lot of games a lot of brawlers would just focus on doing stuff on the ground but dmc uh, it introduced uh, some verticality to it so not only can you uh, beat dudes with uh, range and with melee but you can pop them up and then continue your a combo above. So it really created a a new kind of dimension for this kind of combat that you would then see um, reverberated in uh, later on in your God of Wars and your Bayonetta's and your platinum games. Um, So I'm kind of off on the art style, (laughs) but it's, it's something that would, the nightmarish garishness of it is still also like you see that in from software games as well. So there's a lot of, um, parts of the game that is very indicative of where these style of games are going to be, even though it is very (sighs) butt rock. Yeah. Big time.
0: I, I would say the visual style is the worst part of this game uh but the combat is just super cool like if if the visual style were just a little better it would be way more beloved than it is uh because it was objectively a really cool game except for like the evanescence style that that uh it's it's like bathed in completely uh but yeah Dante was super a super cool character and the combat was great and the creator kind of got screwed over because they, like, he made this franchise out of nowhere, and then Capcom took it away from him, and like, go do something else, and this was originally gonna be a uh Resident Evil sequel, so that's how it started, and it became this thing, and then Capcom took it away from him, so kind of jacked up, yeah. but then again, Capcom did back away from the GameCube, so I don't, doesn't surprise
1: me. Yeah, it's uh, a right? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, who then did the whole? He started up uh, Platinum Games. Yep. So the DNA from Bayonetta like originates uh, in DMC.
2: For sure. Um, also, a uh, art style that doesn't necessarily need to be there.
0: <laughs> so that is the end of round four, and uh, like I said, Joseph is done, and he's got seventy five bits left over, which will go to the charity of his choice um adrian has three games and how many 60 bits left over no yeah 50 bits left over yeah i couldn't see my five and i got four games and 80 bits left over so adrian let's close out this draft so with my last pick oh man i legitimately only had one gamecube title in this draft so um, I'm sad that the GameCube won't be represented.
1: You're going to have to retire your uh, Penny Arcade, uh, yeah. wh- whatever inflammatory signature you had.
2: <laughs> yeah. It was... They, was, they would have down and coaxing, uh, flaming people on those forums would be disappointed. In you, uh. <laughs> yeah. If only they knew that I would exclude Luigi's Mansion from my 2001 draft. <laughs> but uh, no, Pikmin.
0: I, I got to go with one pick that's close to my heart. You know, I've been doing this for all of these drafts with at least one game that really gave me a lot of joy that maybe didn't give many more people a lot of joy, but independent of that, this game I had a lot of fun with. Uh, it was released on the Dreamcast, one of the swan songs of the Dreamcast. And I'm going to go to close out the 2001 draft with Bomberman Online. (laughs) With 80 bits. Adrian, you can't take this from me.
1: It's right. I can't take it from you.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, Bomberman Online. Uh, believe it or not, there was a Bomberman released for the Dreamcast. There's a Bomberman released for almost every console now, but it's not a very popular franchise. It's an old, old style uh, of, of, you know, of Bomberman. If you've played it, you know what it is. It's multiplayer. You have bombs that grow in size that the goal is to knock out other players Uh, but this was really cool really fast it was cell shaded so it looked really cool and of course you could play it online Uh, but even without playing it online in local multiplayer with four controllers it was super fun Um, it's one of those games that I played so much that I would hear the sounds when I would like try to go to sleep, right? Like I could hear, I could still hear the sounds of the little Hudson Bomberman characters saying like, fire it up, fire it up whenever they would (laughs) upgrade their, uh, bomb capacity or whatever. Um, Bomberman is one of those classic fun video game franchises that if you've never played in multiplayer mode, you definitely should. Like I said, there's one for every console and this one on the Dreamcast is a great, great uh, case or example of why Bomberman is
1: still around to this day. So, did you guys even play this game? A couple of times no. at your house. I
2: think. I think
1: I played the demo of it. I, I subscribed to the official Dreamcast magazine because it had a <laughs> demo disc on it. Yeah. As well as uh, the demo discs, always had a Internet Explorer, yeah, a, a browser on it. Yeah. Um, but. So I think I played, but I have really no memories of it. There
2: was yeah. local multiplayer too, obviously, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, Joseph, you would have played it if you came
0: over,
2: I think. Yeah.
0: Because it was a... Uh, yeah, it, it was one of my favorite things to get on, to decompress from the virtual tennis or whatever it was. <laughs> it's just, just super fun. It's Bomberman. It's on the Dreamcast. It's cel-shaded and stylized, and it's super fun. And I'm glad it's here because it's essential for any five-game collection. So, all right, Adrian, you got... Two games to go. You got 50 bits. So close us out.
1: All right. So I think I am going to do uh, a Xbox game and a PlayStation game. So, first, um, I just, it doesn't really matter how much I pay for them, right? So it's just yeah. both. Oh, uh, a, a double pack. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so I'm double packing Project Gotham Racing. Oh. And. Uh, a game called Dance Dance Revolution. Are
0: you ready? Can't Go toward that the, the full combo.
1: Whoa.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> that, is, okay. that is a the surprise. The surprise of all these episodes, <laughs> I think. Uh,
1: just diversifying the, uh, the catalog, you know? Uh, so uh, PGR made by Bizarre Creations became like the uh, th- third-party exclusive game that Microsoft would lean on for the racing. Because yeah. this is in a time that uh, Gran Turismo yeah, really yeah. owned the market. But Gran Turismo is a specific kind of racing, as is Need for Speed. There mm-hmm. are diametrically opposed. Yep. Uh, one is very, very sim. one's very, very arcadey. So Microsoft has had to essentially they were in a position. They want to fill this, this, this demographic, this, this market. So they have to figure out what they want to do with it. So they went with the, with a little bit of both and they just called it style. Mm. Uh, so project Gotham racing really through its kudos system yeah. uh, is very like crazy taxi like like it rewards the player for being a uh, high risk, high reward of doing a, uh, a risky or, or hard to pull off maneuver and you get kudos for it. Yep. I did not have that kind of coordination, so um, <laughs> I was pretty bad at it. But it laid the foundation regardless for that style of game. And ultimately, Project Gotham Racing begat us geometry wars. Yeah. geometry wars is a side game that they would yeah. put on pgr <laughs> yeah. um so in like Visa V, uh patrick gotham racing got us the best xbox 360 launch game of, yeah because
0: <laughs> uh, it was a live exclusive right
1: <laughs> yeah of geometry wars evolved um but it also made um it, it created that, that environment. Like, okay, so we have our our pseudo arcade uh game with PGR. We have our this relationship might be in jeopardy because of their relationship with Activision. Mm-hmm. So we'd have to create our own studio to do these kind of games and compete with Gran Turismo. Yeah. Let's make turn 10. Ooh, yeah. So, the the relationship with Project Gotham Racing ultimately also got us Forza. I feel. Yeah. Yeah,
0: and the success of it too, because like there wasn't there was a need that Project Gotham Racing filled that now Microsoft needed to ensure was filled consistently.
1: Yeah. yeah so issue. like the the tumultuous existence that Bizarre Creations had under Activision really put the fire under their ass to to. Like have a a state an IP a racing IP that is consistent for them in house, yeah. therefore Forza, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, and then DDR, what's to <laughs> say about what else to say about DDR? Last uh, uh, one of the other drafts, I picked up Steel Battalion. This is Steel Battalion for your feet. <laughs> I never understood these games.
2: Someone but, who really wants to play steel battalion, I take offense to that. But yeah, you <laughs> uh,
1: I mean, they're impenetrable for me because I lack uh, <laughs> rhythm and and like base function of my feet in 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 a rhythmic way. But um, this the the DDR crowd, basically, uh, the kind of fervor that that Guitar Hero had and Rock Band had, the DDR folks already w- were on that train already, um, and this is probably the, the pinnacle before Battalion Steel Battalion, the pinnacle of um of periphery periphery console gaming.
0: I would ag- I w- I would agree with you there. Um. I just,
2: <laughs> I just can't yeah, imagine Donkey you. Out right there.
0: <laughs> oh no, I,
2: it came out two years later. I,
0: think. I can't imagine you playing. <laughs> that's
2: that's Revolution.
0: Furthermore,
1: oh, I I am not saying I did. I'm just it's, it's it's a shout out respect to to dance dance revolution. It was more of a arcade experience for myself, and after failing the. Uh, the song uh, after the first 15 seconds <laughs> I realized this, this isn't for me but
2: I respect it. The number one reason why classrooms would stink when we were in high school yeah
0: that, that's the other thing furthermore, based on my experience, I do not want to be in a place where Dad yep. says that sets <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: but it, it, it's a style of uh, rhythm game that uh, so a so you have like these two... Uh, these two houses of of rhythm games, right? You have the ones, um, like this, versus the harmonics style. And there, I feel that Dance Dance Revolution with its highway of notes is basically the UI of, uh, Guitar Hero. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when Guitar Hero came out, people's um like their uh the foothold the the thing that they can easily explain to somebody is it's like it's like ddr but with a guitar
0: yeah well you know it's so it's from this game division in konami called the bemani which had uh guitar freaks and guitar hero was developed with guitar freaks guitars like as as dev tools so yeah it's it's totally there it's the same dna I'm just saying I am so glad though that DDR is uh, no maybe it's still popular but I'm so glad that DDR is not in my life anymore. <laughs> because like Joseph said in 2001 I I have v- not fond memories but very pungent memories <laughs> of <laughs> the band room at Riverside High School being overwhelmed by the uh the sweat and the uh, A or whatever sounds a young man makes uh, while playing Dance Dance Revolution. It was not a fun time, Adrian. So I commend you for including it from a uh, from like a game industry standpoint. But I'm telling you, if if DDR is busted out at a. land party I'm walking out.
1: <laughs> I mean DDR and Smash Brothers and Halo. That's peak uh youth group at at a at a, yeah. at a Christian well, yeah, church yeah. energy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Maybe not Halo because of the guns. Well maybe. Depends on the group, but uh but definitely you definitely got the youth group. So that closes out two thousand and one. Uh what a strange, strange uh it's been so um any games that you guys uh left on the list
1: uh twisted middle black shout out to that 128 uh bits episode where it was all about that
2: i had that there too yeah nba street nba
0: street was that 2000 this
2: is another one i missed man yeah
0: yeah well either way i like volume two more but um totally i had zone of the enders and i almost took it but I guess I was planning to take Zone of the Enders instead of Metal Gear Solid 2 because I can't take Zone, I, I can't, that's too much PS2 Konami stuff. Um,
2: X-Game Skateboarding, I remember really wanting to play on PS2 and then getting it and I'm like, man, games suck now. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was just a rushed launch title that was terrible.
0: I had Unreal Tournament on the Dreamcast. Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. It, it, it was really good. And it was online also. Yeah. Super yeah. fast. It, yeah. It I, super the,
1: the, the the head chunks you would get with a mm-hmm. headshot with a sniper rifle, I remember.
2: Yeah. I was watching clips of it while we were preparing for this. Uh,
1: I had Grand Turismo 3.
0: I had 18-wheeler American Pro Trucker. Do you guys remember that one? <laughs>
2: no.
0: It's like Crazy Taxi with an 18-wheeler pretty much. <laughs> Uh, I had Sonic Adventure 2, which I almost took with my last pick, and I also almost took Clonoa 2 with my last pick, which was a great platformer on the PS2 by Namco. Uh, but yeah, overall, overall, this, yeah, it was a very interesting time in games, I think.
1: Yeah, I had uh Red Faction, Silent Hill 2, Max Payne, Ooh, Max uh, Payne. and Typing of the Dead.
0: <laughs> yeah, see, with the Dreamcast keyboard.
2: <laughs> yeah Silent Hill 2 I had too but I liked the first one a little more yeah Max Payne came out right now uh,
0: so yeah uh, so this is how it breaks down um, or yeah let's just talk a little bit about our video game collection so I got Fantasy Star Online, Ace Combat 4, Metal Gear Solid 2, Guilty Gear X and Bomberman Online so right away I have two Dreamcast titles which I'm very happy with I have the definitive Ace Combat I have a uh, kojima game which is always a good thing to have and then i have guilty gear x uh so i can assert dominance in a fighting game which the, the, this is around the last time that i was good at video games to an extent and it was with fighting games so mm-hmm. i'm pretty happy with that um joe tell us about your games you got frequency eco ssx tricky gta3 and tony hawk pro skater 3
2: yeah i mean these are all the games that i was playing at this year that's for sure um <laughs> one would go out and ride into the other one but eh, I'm pretty happy with it It's all the games with a bunch of replayability one that's even still being ported to every console known to man (laughs) yeah Uh, yeah I'm happy with it
0: yeah I think you can play (laughs)
2: Grand Theft Auto 3 on the new Tesla Model 3 right yeah, I mean, for someone who's not really a, for someone whose only sport that he follows is baseball, how did I end up with all the sports games out of this, <laughs> all, all these drafts?
0: You're the jock, man. You're the jock like of the 128 bits universe. <laughs> 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 and Adrian, you got Halo, Combat Evolved, Super Smash Brothers camp. Melee, Devil May Cry, Project Gotham Racing, and DDR Max Dance Dance Revolution. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about
2: your games
1: yeah so i kind of stumbled upon that uh that realization that this is big um playing uh with a youth group after school activity kind of a deal but it it's diverse in what kind of whatever nerd you are yeah uh, if you're the nintendo nerd you got melee and that's going to be your life for the next 20 years same with halo uh and ddr you're you're off living in iceland uh doing dj shows i don't know (laughs) but uh yeah I'm, i'm actually pretty happy with it uh just because it i think it's representative of uh where we still are yeah in a lot of ways I think this year more than any, right? I mean, we
0: have Halo, we have Smash Brothers, we have Grand Theft Auto 3, um, which are kind of like still the pinnacle of their respective genres and still the things that are being modeled after. I would have put Ace Combat 4 there too, but I know people don't care. Um, but yeah, <laughs> or and then you have, yeah, you have Metal Gear Solid 2. It's just an incredible year for video games, an incredible era for video games, but I think this year overall... Um, I think we've done a good job of highlighting how diverse and great this era was and how it had something for everyone. So, yeah. Thanks, uh, Adrian and Joseph, for, for doing all of these drafts. And uh it's been a lot of fun. Um, And thank you for listening. If you like this episode, share it with a friend. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser.com. And we'll see you guys next time.
2: This is the Irrelevant Podcast Network. Thanks for listening.